All right. What's up, everybody? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And welcome to another edition of the Brothers of Legacy. I am your host with the most, Mr. A.D. Walker. I appreciate you guys for being here and rocking with us. Indeed, make sure you are sharing. Sharing is caring. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. What's up, Richard? It's a 19 days of Christmas. Indeed, indeed. Don't worry. I got two kids in here counting down for me <laughs> every day. Ready. They are ready. Um, not only, of course, Christmas, but to be off. You know, that's always the exciting part about being a kid. You get all that time off. Um, so I'm excited. We're going to have an amazing conversation um, with my brother, uh, Dr. Roderick Heath. He's the director of the Men's Achievement Center. Yes, we got some professionals to, to drop some knowledge today. So our topic is creating a stronger educational community. Um, so this is going to be an amazing conversation. So make sure, make sure as always, you are sharing, you are tagging, you are spamming everybody that are, that's connected to you. So make sure you're doing that. You know how we do. And I appreciate you. And happy Monday. Happy Monday. I'm excited uh, about the things that come when it comes to Brothers of Legacy as we grow, develop, and we are changing our community one conversation at a time. And I appreciate you for always, you guys always being here, supporting and being here with us as we go throughout this journey. Like I said, make sure you share so that everybody knows what's going down in our community as we grow and become closer. All right. So we're going to pretty much just kick this thing off. Um, let's see. Need better standards of teaching in impartial, non-biased ways. But we might dig into that. All right. So. Without further ado, let's see, right down here, we're going to go ahead and get started, and we'll be right back. This is your opportunity to share and let the world know that the brothers are in the building. It's been a long, a long time coming, but I know a change on come, change on come, come. I want to welcome you to the Brothers of Legacy broadcast where we are changing our community one conversation at a time every day. A co-op has to start with ownership. Right. We have a mindset of I want to make a lot of money or survive. Make a bunch of money or I got to figure out how to survive. When you have a real bond, when everyone has, you know, we come in with real expectations. Mm -hmm. It's because this is, we talk, this is covenant. My whole, the whole point is this, that we as a people with our money and time aren't often, I'm making this general, I'm making this general responsible, often vested in the All right. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Pastor. Thank you. Good morning. This morning. Good morning, All Pastor. Right. How you doing? How you doing this morning, Dr. Heath? Doing great. Awesome. Welcome. Awesome. Um, so just to introduce you guys to Dr. He Roderick Heath, Roderick T. Heath <laughs> in the building. Um, he is the, let me see, I put a, I had a band. There we go. He is the directors of the Men's Achievement Center to be more specific, at NCCU, that is an HBCU. If you did not know, <laughs> one of the, one of the, the largest, um, or uh, they're doing very well and successful. And we're going to talk about uh, the program he's director of, um, and some of the the strategies and initiatives that he's pushing, as well as you know how it can connect to you and your community. All right, so welcoming in Dr. Heath. Appreciate you being here, sir. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. Yes, indeed. Um, so just kind of kicking it off, um, talk about the the NCCU Achievement Center and some of the initiatives that you got going on. Well, uh, our center, our program started in 2009. Um, like I said earlier, around the time the Obama administration was coming in and it was that centenary year. And so the goal was to, at that time, it was creating my brother's keepers. And we were really taking a uh, stringent look at uh, retention for black males. And so at that time, you know, like all times, 
the the, the Black Mills were was was the intended high school, I mean college at that level, right? And so right. we did this program where we wanted to focus on that group, provide services, provide structured learning and uh living learning communities to see would that change the 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 uh, uh the mindset of these brothers, right? And so right. We've been around, we've graduated over 800 young men over the last, uh, we're on cohort 13 right now. So that shows you how long we've been around. And so we started off bringing in 100 males, 150, and okay. the program was big, but it wasn't, it was too big, right? We couldn't intentionally work on those young men because we didn't have the capacity. And so gotcha. we, we brought it back down to to 40 freshmen. And so okay. we came in as 40 freshmen and we followed them for four years. And so I have a cohort from seniors down to freshmen. And so we bring it in this brotherhood. So they get inducted. Um, we have a living learning community. Um, just recently, we had an all male facility, and most people are like, I know that facility is going to be crazy. You know, you think about all these young men, right? Right. It became one of the centerpieces on campus because these young men, how how black men, how we are, we're we're, we're we love brotherhood, right? Right. Men could be leaders or followers, depending on what it is. That's why you have gang culture because it's something that they see that they can follow, even though it may be the wrong thing. Yes, we created this building, this the space that became this hub for it was like their community. They knew who was coming in, they right. knew people who didn't belong there. Right. So they, they began to watch over each other and it took off. And so lastly, I'll say that this program was makes it so special. Um, we call it the academic man cave here. We have a center, and just recently we just moved, they built us a new center. So we outgrew the old center. And so it's an academic man cave. You know, we, we focus on social emotional development academic development, we focus on brotherhood, we focus on community development. So I'm telling these young men, even though you're in college, you have to go back where you came from. Oftentimes we graduate and we never go back. But I said, you got to pull somebody else out. That's how we get better, building as we climb. And so um, we have a 90% retention rate. And so the structures we put together showed us that if you put young men in structured environments, things happen. Think about sports, right? Football team. They learning, they they structure, they have captain, they have different who leaders, the coaches, and so I the sports approach because a lot of percentages of these young men have played sports, but a lot of dreams also been lost from the sports field, and so we take a sports approach. Um, we have captains, we have leaders. I break it down into four quarters, right? Four, the first quarter is your freshman year, sophomore year is the second quarter, all that kind of stuff, and so I'm giving them a sports concept, but I'm flipping it into an educational mindset. Right. But Wow. Okay. Awesome. Because I, I like that the retention initiative, um, because you have like, like I say, you have a lot of you have young men that go into college, but they don't mm-hmm. stay in. Um, I was one of them. I would have loved to come to a space where someone was like, hey, we're going to come here. This is your focus. You know, someone like kind of holding me accountable, you know, from jump like mm-hmm. this. You know, these are the responsibilities. These are the levels that you need to be aware of, because. I was I was in South Carolina. I went to South Carolina State University, and but I'm from New York, so that space being away, you know, got me way off focus. And uh-huh. having an initiative or program like this from the jump, being able to sign into, um, will not only hold have a brotherhood, but having people like yourself holding me accountable. Like, because for me, I I got depressed. Like it was rough. You know, I went through a lot of emotional stuff that I was like, what's going on? You yeah. know, and. And as a result, I dropped out. I was like, this just ain't for me. I told my parents, I was like, I feel like you're wasting your money. <laughs> it's just like, I'm I'm focused, but I'm not in the game like I should be. I, that's how I felt at the time. And, and me coming first year myself, see, I went to college at Livingstone College. First, I graduated high school in 99. Right. And I was a sports job, you know, single parent home. All I knew was sports. Didn't do well academically. Actually, I graduated probably with a 1.9, 2, 2.0 uh-huh. GPA. But right. I had sports skills, and so Livingston right. was like, we'll work with you. But when gotcha. I got there, I didn't do anything, played PlayStation, wow. skipped class, and ended up right. at home. And wow. so I worked in the factory for about three years. Okay. And then, so I kind of got back into the streets, right? Because, you know, yes. no structure, hanging yes. out with the homies, yes. in the streets. And i never forget, one of my good friends, best friends to this day, he continued to, to chase his football dreams. So he was playing Juco in California and everything. So he came right. back home one Christmas and we was at this nightclub and I was getting into an altercation and the guy pulled out a gun. Wow. He called, he grabbed me out of the blue and said, Look, you're going to be dead. You're going to be in jail. You need to come right. back to Atlanta Central University. I'm like, Oh, 
You know, I'm a little tipsy. I'm going to be honest. I'm a, little, <laughs> I'm a little tipsy. So I woke up the next morning laying in the bed, and I thought about it. I said, I might as well give this another chance. So I was working at this factory, and every night I got off work, right? I was I was uh, going doing the SAT for dummies. I, I rented it from the okay. library. I would come home. That's when we had that little white computer. We don't have the <laughs> computers that they have now. I had the block computer. Right. And I studied every night. Right. I got it. What I need is said, you can come. Um, I had a job. I had a car payment. I let all that go. I told the car company to come back and get it. I'm going to chase this dream one more time. Wow. I arrived to Durham, North Carolina with two bags and some wet clothes. Two story. <laughs> and when I got here, for the first time in my life, I'm from Union County, North Carolina. If you don't know about that, that's a very segregated county, right? Really? You don't go to college there. You work at the, the local chicken plant. Wow. And they don't, they don't go to school there. And so the right. first time I came to Durham and learned about the history of the Black Wall Street, seeing right. black police chiefs, I was wow. amazed. And I'm like, yes, I've arrived. And so I got here, and that changed my life. That's who, that's who I am today. And so North Carolina Central, oh, I owe them everything. And so to be right. working for this university and being that lost young male, right. no, no education, really no, right. no support, that's why I give my all to these brothers because I'm trying to teach them that if you if you cut out some of the mistakes, you yeah. get your goal a lot faster. So that's my motivation to get up every day. Indeed, indeed, that's awesome. That's awesome. I feel free to jump in, Pastor. I'm kind of taking it in. Yeah, I'm just taking it all in. I'm I'm just listening, and I'm so proud to hear the uh, the vision that you have, Brother Heath, um, in in trying to impact these young men coming up and giving them that support system that I believe uh, is lacking uh, in academics uh, if you're outside of the sports realm. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. I truly, truly uh, am astounded by, by what I'm hearing. Uh, I'd love to hear, you know, in relation to the number of, uh, of Black men in the school, what percentage are coming through your program? Well, if you look at our university, uh, we're about 74, almost 74% women on the campus. Wow. And so if you take so my, my program, I have about 160 from senior down to freshman as far as the African-American male initiative. But the Men's Achievement Center, I was like, well, I, it's, it's other young men who may not get inducted into my program. How do I also provide some support to them? So I end up with about 250 young men. And so we're probably a fourth of the, the male population when you break it down, you take athletics out because they have their own structures. And so my goal is to also tap into them. So we do uh, all campus events for all the men on campus, but we also do the, the, the structured programming for the young men in my, in my program. And so you take my program away, um, the male population really going to be hurting because, you know, I'm only one man. I can't touch right. it, <laughs> but right. I try my best, but it's a lot of young men that still get lost out here because the capacity level, I, I can't reach all the, the other 700, 800 young men, 1,000 young men that may be out there. And so what I do to try to make up for that, I go to the dining halls. I sit with the students. I go right. in and walk when they have an event. So I go to these events, and I'm recruiting young men and just need some help, support, come out and see me. So I take a book out of, I call it, I want to be the Eddie Robinson of retention. You know, he's one of the winners black coaches in, in history. So right. I want to be the winningest uh, black man when it comes to this retention <laughs> thing. And so right. that's what I call myself. And so I, I noticed that when I go out and, and tap into some of these young men, my grandfather said, uh, when you see stray cats, don't feed them because you can never get rid of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they'll keep coming to your house, right? And right. so I, I use that motto when I go and feed these <laughs> And they right. start coming. They're like, well, I see right. you in the dining hall. You told me to come and see you. And wow. they become some of my best students, and they're not even part of the program. So wow. that's how I try to uh, maneuver that atmosphere. And, and also mentoring, getting other black educated uh, alum, males, start a mentoring program and say, look, I need some help. Can you start mentoring a student? Once a month, give them a call, do a check-in. Right. And that's how we expand uh, helping these young men. Right. That is uh, that is awesome, man. And I, I let me respond to your initial uh, answer to my question: If you say that you're at about a quarter of the total count of men, mm-hmm. uh, that's an astounding number uh, to reach that level, that percentage mm-hmm. uh, in in that school. When given the total number of men that are there, I was looking at more like maybe you know one percent, two percent. You know, we, we look at those as great numbers, but you said a quarter of them. That's that's fantastic. And the other thing is, 
if that equates to 250 young men, that's insane. Right. I, I mean, I can't, I, I can't even, I can't fathom reaching. I mean, I can, but I haven't yeah. reached yeah. that yeah. number of men in a single right. setting. So right. if you're average, and then, and then, so, so I want to tip my hat to you and say, man, if you're doing this and you've been doing this as the, as the leader of this organization, I, I commend you, uh, keep doing what you're doing and, and just remember, uh, to, to have a life. I can't imagine how many hours you spend. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's sacrifice. And I get that. I truly get that. And I appreciate it. Um, how long have you been doing this? Well, I've been, um, to ask you a question about how long. So I've been working with at-risk young men uh, since, since 99. When I dropped out of college, my first job was working at a level three group home. Um, okay. So that's why I started. And I started seeing these young men from all these different counties coming in. And I was only, I was like 19, 20. And I became the supervisor at this group home because I could connect to all these young men. But all I found right. out was time. Young men going through something, sit down on the floor, Indian style with him and don't right. judge him in his moment. Let him vent, let him get right. it out. And, and all don't, if you promise them to do something, do it. Oh, this, right. This, uh, this home, they would say, we're going to take y'all skating on, on Friday. Right. So these young men are already coming from trauma and right. we don't show up. So I would take the money out of my pocket and say, look, I directly didn't show up and do what they said they're going to do. They said, uh -huh. you skating, we're going right. skating. Now I need right. y'all to behave while we're in here. That's how, <laughs> how we build right. this fun. And so I, right. I did that. Then I, um, I started, when I moved back to Durham, I started working um, with Durham Housing Authority. Um, I was the education coordinator there. So I'm dealing with families. I'm seeing all the broken pieces in these communities, these housing communities. And then I went on to work for the gang unit for uh, Durham Police Department. Once again, I'm in the, and Durham, as you know, has a heavy gang population, a lot right. of people on. So I started going in these schools, going in these neighborhoods. I'm working with uh, Latino gangs, African-American gangs, Asian, I'm all over. And so Central gave me the call, uh, they called me around 2014 and said, uh, we see the work that you do. Uh, we have an opportunity for you to work at our Men's Achievement Center. And so I've been here since 2014, um, really doing the work, really studying, really kind of being research. I get in the room and study this generation. This is a different generation than than, than we were. And we, oftentimes we put them down. They actually, they it says uh, the, the smart that thing go like, they, they smarter, but they still missing some tangible things that they're missing. Right. And so I learned from them and I said, you know, what? I'm going to study y'all. And so I go off their energy and that's how I've been able to be successful because I'm not going in the room saying you need to do this. I'll say, I'll call you. I see your skills. You're good at this. How can I help you horn on that skill that you have? And so that's right. my retention level has been so great because I don't push my narrative. My narrative is going to come. And so it's like give and take. I give them a little bit, and I ask for a little bit, and that's how we're going to do the relationship. See, there it is. Yeah, 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 definitely. So so let me ask you this. So I'm, <laughs> right now you're like one man, one mic, <laughs> you know, trying, trying to, to do it like all. How has or what, what some strategies have you implemented to try to get more people involved? I mean, I know that's a challenge because, you know, there's either a paycheck or some level of notoriety. Sometimes people are looking for something. What am I getting out of this? Yeah. You know, like, you know, um, the, the feel good sometimes isn't enough for people, you know, but what, what have you employed to get people involved? Well, the hardest thing about it is when, when people see you with this big platform form, they say, well, they, they might have a big budget. You know, we got a lot of great speakers and people right. who to do the tangible work, but people call me. If, if you leave with it, this is what I do. This is my service. This is what I charge. That kind of pushes me back, right? And I know everybody has their platform. We have to make our money. But if you're really genuine about this, right. how can I help you? We're going to get to the money eventually. Right. Come in with a helping heart first um, because I can cut you a check and you come yeah. in do the thing and then you go. This work right here is not 60 minutes. This is, right. like you said earlier, this is seven days a week. You know, my right. wife sometimes said, when do you shut off? And so, I have to balance that because at night I'm getting calls. And so right. I use technology. We have a group me app. And okay. so I'm engaging these young men all throughout the night. I drop articles in that thing. Some nights you'll see 2,000 conversations going on on a Saturday. 
I'll do an article, I'll drop it, and I'll leave it, and I'll come back. These young men have had their own debate going on in there. Yeah. Engagement. And I'm at home with my family. <laughs> dinner. Right. So that's the power right. of technology. Right. So these young men come and call me and say, this is my price. I'm hesitant. Not not, wow. not skillful, but if we know the struggle that our young men are dealing with, our, our right. are dealing with, right. come with that helping heart. Because my grandfather said, treat everybody the same. The janitor just like the president. Be humble. Have empathy for everybody. And when you do that, doors will open up. And right. stuff. What I do is, like I said, I call alum. I meet young men, men in my in my circles, and I tell them these stories because I don't want to be the only uh, story that these young brothers hear, right? Right. There's other right. black men with other stories, and they need to hear all of them. I don't want to be right. only beacon of light. No, you need to hear how he got there. You right. need to hear how he got there, his pitfalls. And so I make sure I bring in good, genuine men that really want to take the task and this is not a stepping stone to you get to your platform and to the level that you want to be. And so that's a hard thing to gauge, but that's kind of how I work it and bring it in good people. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, I'm going to read some of these comments. Um, Richard said, Dr. Roger, God bless you. You're blessed. You're the vision, you're the mission and inspiration you provide. God bless you, sir. Uh, he also said, I uh, hope you can build and scale this network. He said, Pastor Brian, hope Solomon's Temple Prayer Warriors can hope. Uh, become prayer warriors for Roderick. Uh, it's a share. So Sam asked, and which is a great question. She said, and this is my wonderful wife. Is your program teachable? Meaning, can it be replicated in other schools, etc.? I'm glad you said that. that I'm yes. glad you said that. So right now, um, I'm writing a book. Um, it's the it's the it's the template, the blueprint to okay. start these programs. Nice. It's all the research we've doing. So recently, I'm in the UNC system. And so my goal is to have one of these centers on every campus within the UNC system. Um, and the reason being two pieces, right? So some of these young men may go off to an NC state. Um, and so we know the population of men, black men, they're very small. But if they know they have a center with the light, the same goals, the same structure, I can go find that center and get acclimated a whole lot faster um, than being at this school with 30,000 people and I see myself here and there, 300 people in class, and it's only one or two of me. But I know I have this center that I could go to that can keep me engaged. And so we're trying to go around. I'm kindly working with Fayetteville State University. I'm working with some other universities to bring the same um, platform to the different universities. And it can even be scaled down to high school. I'm working at some alternative schools in Durham that I'm building some capacity and teaching them how to engage brothers and these young men. And so, we, it, you know, we work with fathers, we even work with mothers. And so there's ways to do this. And I'll say this, I got to throw this in. The last thing that I did recently, two years ago, that was most impactful, we have a sister program. It's called Sisters of the Mac. And so, you know, Central is about 74% women. And what I realized is these young ladies are going to class, they're graduating. How can I tap into them and get more arms? Like I said, right. it's only me. And so when I did that, I ended up having about 70 young ladies sign up. And so they come in, they they proofread papers, they call the young men out when they when they step out of line. And I told them this program is not about hooking up. We're right. gonna leave the sexual piece out of it. We're gonna All teach right. you how to build a relationship between men and women, black men and black women on a on a sisterly, brotherly uh platform. And so it has grown. I'm getting I have a hundred young ladies now coming in, and so I got the shirt <laughs> up, and so they showing up, and so when the fellas have something. They're, yeah. they're supporting them. They they usher right. they're standing back. And so when the ladies have something, the young men go, now we built this family structure. And I'm teaching them, this is what makes the community work. Right. Sisters and brothers coming together without the foolishness, without the sexual engagement. And right. we actually loving each other. And so these young ladies, they show up and they're supporting us too. And so that's another piece that I feel like can be replicated. Um, because we don't have... You know, there's broken homes. And I don't want to be the, say, all families are broken and all that. But let's be honest. In our community, there's some relationship issues. Yes. Some, some secrets and family that need yes. to be broken and talked about. Yes. And in these circles, we talk about all that. We have these fishbowl conversations right. where ladies are in the middle. Fellas, you can't talk. All you need to do is listen today. And then we flip it. Ladies, I know he may say something that might strike a nerve. But you need to listen to what that brother says. And then we come back in one group and say, well, Mike, I heard you say this. Please explain yourself better. Right. Now I'm getting okay. communicated. So that's how the retention 
I'm, they they come in these rooms hungry because everybody want to talk now. I'm <laughs> today, you know. Right. That's the beauty of it. So yeah, it can be transferable. It can be teachable. And with yeah. me, I'll come out and teach anybody, any organization that wants to learn how to do it. I'm definitely that's that's what I do. Awesome, awesome. It's awesome. it's can I? Yeah, go ahead. It's it's interesting to listen to you because you're talking about this from the perspective of of living a life in academia. And one of the challenges we have is attracting our men to the world of academia, mm-hmm. right? Uh, just being a part of that environment uh, outside of sports, mm. you know, you can use some of those uh, uh, sports in terms of uh, fellowship tools. You talked about, you know, the freshman, mm-hmm. sophomore, junior, um uh, being that equating that to a quarter, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, oh. um, I, but you have a you have a passion that is driven by something that started very early in your life. Mm-hmm. I heard you quote your grandfather, mm-hmm. right? So there there have been seeds planted in you. My question is, uh, from a level of discernment, how do you know or can you tell the difference between someone who's chasing a title and someone who's chasing passion? Mm. Uh, oh, yeah. You talked about this being teachable. That's good. Yeah, that's good. That, that's a good one. And um, I have, you know, God gives you different gifts, right? And so I think yeah. my gift is always I come in rooms and I, and I study people's body language, how they move. And, you know, you don't always have to be the loudest one in the room. So, me, I like to listen first. And for me, if there's a conversation going on and I don't know anything about the topic, I'm going to be the quietest person in the room. I'm engaged, I'm learning. You have some right. people. That may, and I tell my guys, if you don't know, ne- never be that that man that comes in the room and want to be the know-it-all, even if you don't know the topic, right? If you don't right. know what's going on, sit right. back, learn, go back and study. So when right. the conversation comes back around, like, oh yeah, I've been reading on it. Now I'm ready to jump in, you know? Right. So, right. Yes. So, so it's a lot of, the society has made us chase titles, right? Yes. And that's the, that's the gift and the curse of trying to be up with mobility, right? Yeah. But it all comes down to your heart, how you was raised, and how you want to help people. Because some people get the titles, and so you have some people in high places that have never come out and talk to these young men. And so I'm writing an article right now. It's called uh, Higher Education, um, the Strenuous Stress of Being the Only Engaged African-American Male Educator. Mm. Right? That's good. Because you got all these young men. And, I, and I'm telling you, it goes on to college and different places. Sir, you might have been that young man that smoked a lot of marijuana that was hanging out. Now you got it together and you docked the such and such. Go right. find yourself out here. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's me right there. That's Come right. in, right. Come right. in man, boy. You remind me of myself. <laughs> yeah. My office is such and such. Let's get to know right. each other. Let's, that's, don't just go to your office and close your door because some positions on campus don't allow you to really be student engaged. Right. Right. You have an hour right. or two out of a 40-hour week to walk right. the dining hall to see a student give me a card. And so that's when I look at those type of people like they come yeah. and do that, that I can yeah. call on and say, what you need? I'm free tonight. You want me to come to your program? Yeah. That's the people that I want to engage with. And yeah, the titles, you can have these degrees right. and do all that. But if you don't have that in your heart, it's going to show. Yeah, you don't definitely. stay late. You leave early. Right. So that's how it is. And students right. know that I don't mess with that professor. <laughs> they don't even talk to us. So, right. so it's all about action, man. So yeah. I look at action. Awesome. That okay. is awesome. Wow. Um, okay. Go ahead. You got, you I got, got another you. one. Yeah, go ahead. You're on the roll. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm writing mine down. I'm good. Yeah. I. You know, obviously the school uh, is invested, which mm. is huge. Uh, and, right. and I think it's it's easier to find that in an HBCU, um, but you've got other investments. You've got other people that are that are vested. Uh, I, uh, congratulations! I was doing some research on the uh, the, the Ford Fund recognition and grant. Yes, that you yeah. all achieved. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, and can you talk about other potential opportunities for funding? Uh, because the the reason I asked that question is. We, we have to make this attractive for more Dr. Heaths, right? right? Uh, yeah. And and it's one thing to be driven by your passion to want to have an impact, mm-hmm. uh, but it's another thing to make sure that you're fully sourced. 
yes. to be able to do what it is you do. So mm-hmm. can you talk a little, little bit about that Ford uh, grant and how that came about? That's a good question. So for me, when I took over the program, um, I'm a communications major uh, in undergrad, right? So I love media. Grandmother had me reading papers, encyclopedias. So I've always been a, a news person or just get it out there. So I saw the power of technology. And so at one point, they before I took it over, they were really almost about to can the program um, because I guess not saying the other directors weren't doing their, their job, but they were just stagnant and they were just going. So I said, the world is going to see this. We're going to we're going to put it out there. We're going to write articles we're gonna get videos out there. We're going to show them there's so much data on why black males are failing. But I'm going to show you what it looks like when when we when we excel, when yes. you put the right pieces in. And so I start pushing this narrative. We don't push out nothing negative. We know that's there. But we right. push out all the stories, all the internships, all the young men who's getting scholarships, all this retention. And then so when I started doing that, companies start calling me and like, I see you. What are y'all doing over there? Uh, we have some funds that we may be giving you. And our prime example, last December, right before the new year, I got a call. One of the former, former chancellors uh, of the university saw some articles that I put out. And he sent me a check for ten thousand dollars. I hadn't, I didn't, wow. have, I didn't have to write a grant. Talk. Wow. He said, "I see the work you're doing on LinkedIn. Here's ten thousand dollars for your program." Nice. So the Ford Foundation um, actually reached out to me, right? Okay. And then um, the young man who runs it, he's a great guy. Uh, he does a lot of community work in Detroit, and his goal is to look around for programs around the nation that are helping in the community, families, brothers, fathers. And he saw some of the work I was doing and we talked on the phone. He said, I like the work you're doing. I need you to fill out this application because we want to honor you and the work you're doing. And so right. just by me putting it out there. So like this, this broadcast that you guys have, keep doing it because people are watching. And right. so he called me and then so Ford interviewed me, um, went to a strenuous interview. They wrote an article on me and then they sent us a check. And so right. now he called me again and said, there's other funds. If you need other, if you know fathers in the, in the community, Right. Single fathers who are doing great. I want to support them. So now right. I've built this, this friendship with him right. to the community. And so that's how that came about. Just right. putting it out there. I put up stuff every day. I, I created a student community team. And so their job every day to post about 10 or 15 images, articles, something that we're doing in the program. And so with 160 guys, you think about it, they all posting 15 to 20 times. You that's do, a trend. You most yeah. about 60. Somebody gonna see us, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> right. That's how the Ford Fund came about. Wow, wow, that's awesome. Uh, and and I it's it I love it because I wanted you to say that out loud, uh, because to your point, someone is going to hear this, and and people are looking for the funding as opposed to just doing the work. One of right. my in yeah. ministry is just do the work. Right. You yeah. know, uh, uh, the right. the scripture talks about when when the uh, temple was built, Solomon had to go find skillful, willing workers. Yeah. There was no talk of finance. There was no talk of it. Let's just go get the people that are willing to do the work. Uh, and then the rest will come because someone is always paying attention. Uh, and I appreciate you encouraging A.D. Walker because yeah. people are watching. You don't know they're watching. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, it, Dr. Rollins. Build it and they will come. That's what I said. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Right. Absolutely. Uh, doing her thing with with African American the the uh, the the fatherhood matters you yeah. know uh, Carl Brooks you know yeah. doing his thing with young black uh, baseball players baseball programs are getting recognized by people and here's another example and I'm talking to the brothers of legacy family here right now uh, Dr yeah. Heath I'm I'm trying to get them to hear this it validates something that we keep saying over and over and over that if you lead with the work. Right. Mm-hmm. With the word. Favor will follow you. Seed in the let your work be the seed in the direction that you're traveling, and you're going to have an impact with your harvest. Right. Uh, and that's what I hear you saying, brother. And I'll say this: I want to add to that. Lead with your work. I, I always, my grandparents, or it was nine to five hardworking people, but they was workers. They grew. They they grew stuff in the garden. They, and then people will bring stuff back to them when they didn't right. even. And so to the brothers that's listening, your work will travel. I just got off the phone a couple months ago with the president of Ghana University. So my work has traveled all the way to Africa. And so we're in the process of seeing how can we create a program in Ghana 
And then, so my guys can travel over there and study wow. abroad, and I can bring them in for Ghana or to our university. So right. your work, the work, and sometimes it gets hard. You're like, who watching me? The money might not be there. Right. Sometimes keep your chin up. Right. Do the work. Somebody's going to see you. And this year, I've been getting so many speaking engagements. That's good. And funding coming in, and God has been blessing me. And I have to look back and say, wow, <laughs> do the work. Right. Work. So, fellas, if you're listening, ladies, whoever, just stay, stay, stay true to yourself and put the right. work in. It's gonna get better. Definitely, awesome, awesome. Um, I, I like the the blueprint, uh, the the replicating the system. That's that's like I'm kind of stuck on that space right now. Like, so with with what you're doing, um, and you said you're in the process of writing a book, so definitely. Stay connected. Whatever you got going on, make sure you're sharing it with us because we'll share it with everybody else. Yeah. Um, because that the replicant, I like how you're leading. And then when Pastor asked about like how do you know? You know, that is that is that is so awesome how you can kind of know who's really in it for the work or just in it for the platform. Mm. Um, and that that's that's huge because <laughs> you know, you you kind of I we know people that just kind of whatever room they come in, they want to be the one that the loudest, you know. And I've lost know. people. I've lost some people who work with me because they went and they wanted the title and the right. name was big, but they end up leaving because the work was there, and they was like, "Hmm, I gotta go." I can, you know, and and you know, yeah. everybody tired yeah. of what they want to do. And I say, "Well, thank you for your services. Right, go go be happy. Right, I, I'm happy in this. Right. Like, for, for example, I wrote, I posted this uh, Facebook." Uh, uh, post uh, one of my this kid was me and, and God give you you right he <laughs> lost he was smart I used to call him I said you smart as Malcolm X but you walk around campus looking like Pookie from the block and I first met him right. and when I sat down with him the kid had a 3.4 GPA but if you look at him you would think man how is this kid in college right so right. he he graduated in December this nice. December and just to see him grow Go from wave cap to wife beater every day, every day, every day, and yeah. day, and that guy. Yeah, that brought tears, and I said, "God, thank you for letting me be a part of this process." Right. He called me the other day, said, "Doctor Heath, I just want to thank you for never giving up on me." He said, "There's a lot of people in my life that gave up on me. You cussed me out when I was wrong, but you loved me up when I was doing the right thing." And I said, "Son, I saw you in myself, and I knew." If you didn't do the right thing, you was gonna go the other way, just like myself. Yeah. So now he's got an internship, he's got a job, he's graduating in December, and so that's my voice cracking up because that's one of my hardest cases that I had to crack. So I, I tell all these young men like their own personal case. I don't want to put them all in a box, no, because he may have two parents, but it might be some other things he's dealing with. Yeah, one parent home. I can't put them all and say this is the blueprint you're gonna follow. So I'm building a book that's gonna teach you about. <laughs> different um categories of black boys right you have your high achievers right mm -hmm. and so when these high achievers is going to tell you what they're good at but it's also going to tell you their pitfalls so those high achievers are going to want to be at everything they're going to get in every club known to man but right. they're going to fall right. somewhere so their weaknesses are going to be uh they're going they're going to time management because they got to go to this sga meeting they got to be right. and so you got the finesser the finesser is the smart kid but he's been smiling, he's cute, and everybody loves me. Play sports. He's been finessing his way all the way through. He's gonna try to finesse Ooh, his way in college. That's good. But he's good. And his weaknesses are he's gonna be at everything, every party, everybody knows that he's gonna fall because right. he's gonna get overwhelmed. Everybody needs his attention too. And so you have the athlete. So I'm breaking these categories down. And I'll teach you these are the type of retention strategies for this type of student. And this right. is the category that he falls in. And so that's my goal. To break these young men down in these categories and to be able to go to places and show them how you teach that kid. How do you teach the finesse? How do you maintain the academic scholar? Because they fall too. I've seen kids with 4.5 who are not in college anymore because they overwhelmed themselves trying to be great all the time and never had an outlet to vent or talk right. about their struggles. And so what leads me to this? We we started I started seeing these things, but made me want to do these categories because we start doing these circles called brother, you're not Superman. Okay. And so you know, Superman, his weakness was kryptonite, right? right. So we do these round circles and you got to get in the middle. You're Superman right now. And so tell <laughs> us what's your kryptonite for the week. Um, wow. I party too much. I was drinking girls, 
time management was bad this week. And so these young men listening to you explain your kryptonite. So now right. you're sharing. Now you're not carrying this baggage. Like, man, let me let this load off. Wow. So they say, look, man, that's what I did. This is how I do it. If you need some help with your math, come and help me here. And so now I'm building these circles right here. So it's like therapy, even though I'm not right. a licensed counselor, that's therapy still in healing and talking and communicating. Right. Let's get it out. Yeah, that's yeah. Good. So that's how we're doing it. So yeah, I know it was a long answer, but no, just, that was good. That was you know? that was good. Oh, Ephraim had a question. He said, uh, "Do you do your resources?" Oh, you, I think he's asking if you have resources to take your vision to the next level, or is right. it more expo- Is it more about exposure for you right now? Well, we uh, the university do put funds. We are supported, and I put the the honors back onto the chancellor. Back onto the powers that be. Um, I go to the board meetings and I show them this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. But if I had this, if I had, I told them if you give me 15 staff, a dedicated men that want to do this work, I'll take on your whole male population and I'll show you how we can take this university to the next level. So I'm pushing it. I'm showing them the numbers. When the when the uh, Title Three, we had a Title Three grant, so we get funds from the federal government as well. Right. We're always scoring high, so we do get those funds. And so okay. I do a lot of fundraising myself. You know, I've okay. raised uh, over sixty thousand dollars just nice. reaching out to alum, reaching out to different organizations. So I don't depend on the school. So right. my thing is, okay, if you don't have the money to give it to me, I'm gonna go find it. Right. So I should, yeah, I, I found this money. So like, <laughs> I'll say for, for for example, um, I I bought a mascot. As a black boy, we call him Little Mac. And my supervisor said, "What well, we need a mascot for?" I said, "Do you remember the McGruff dog? Do you remember all these things?" I said, "I'm gonna have my young men write a proposal up. We're gonna go into schools. We're gonna have an anti-bullying, uh, self-development leadership thing that we're gonna create. And I'm gonna have my students go in and right. present it to local schools. Now all the schools are calling me and saying, how can we get Little Mac to the campus to talk to our second and third and fourth graders?'" Now these black boys in elementary are seeing positive college kids. Right. We, we created the Latino group. And so now these Latino males, how often do you see a, a Latino male see a college student coming into the school? Because most of the time their fathers are hardworking and they're right. working at, in the labor. And so right. now we get another image. And so yeah. now everybody wants the mascot. So oftentimes for the people who are listening, everybody's not going to see your vision. When right. God gives you that vision, that's what I mean. He speaks to me some night I'd be in the bed. <laughs> Three in the morning. I'm gonna jump up and write it down. Yeah. Right. Definitely. And so I tell people, are we P O O R and P O poor? P O O R. Right. Are we pouring our black males or are we pouring into our black males? Nice. Which one are we doing? We can right. pour them to death. You're doing this. Your family. No, I don't want to hear that. Let's pour into them. And right. so when people see your vision, and so now they stay out of my way. I got a vision. Let me go. You know, I'm a, I'm not the type that's gonna create nothing and just drop the ball. And so when the chancellor seeing my work and seeing that I needed these resources, they got out of my way. And so I kind of kind of do what I want to do, and I still answer to everybody. But I have a mission to go on. Everybody can't go on this mission. Right. And so the ones who want to go on this mission with me, you, let's go. But if you don't want to, just stand back and watch it manifest. And so that's how I care myself. And that's not being cocky. That's just doing God's work. Right. Yeah. Th- there's a difference. There's a right. difference. Definitely. Uh, may I, AD? Yeah, go ahead. The work you're doing is 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 legacy building. Mm. the The passion that you have uh, is is like you, you talked about people having to have a heart. I love this because it reminds me of David in the scripture. David had a heart mm. for God. Uh, there were certain things that that people want to do for the, the title, for the money. But if you don't have the heart, you won't last. Mm. Uh, and I hear your heart. I, I see and feel the passion that you have. Uh, my my question is, who is your Joshua? Mm. Right? Uh, if, if something happened and Dr. Heath disappeared today, mm. you know, how do we guarantee or how do we put this program in the best position to where someone is coming behind Dr. Heath to push this thing. Ooh. That one right there. Now that that's a that's a deep because I'm actually I'm fighting with that right now. So you, you must be reading my heart right now, right? So, <laughs> you know, so as I move, I get called 
I've had some job opportunities to come my way. Okay. And making more money, you know, oftentimes. But like you said, I haven't found my Joshua yet. And I was like, I just can't leave what I built. I can't leave this castle to crumble. And so I stay here and I tell my guys all the time. Eventually, there's going to be a time when I'm going to have to elevate to a new level. Well, but y'all had while I'm here, y'all got me 100%. And so when the job's called and I have it, like right now I have a job posted. Um, we had a young man who left. And I'm trying to find him. I'm trying to find myself, somebody with the passion. So when I do exit one day, I'm handing you the keys. Now you go find your Joshua, somebody you can bring in. When you get ready to, to transition, you leave. And so that's a that's an excellent question. That's why I'm still here. I haven't found the person who give the keys to yet. And so wow. I don't want to see this thing crumble because I work tooth and nail. God put this in my heart to build it. And I, I don't want to see it go away. So you must be reading me, man. You got the psychic abilities over there, man. God, no, no, I just, I just want to encourage you, man. Um, how, how important it is, and and the same way you talk about, you know, discerning people to to push the vision. It's the same type of discernment for your Joshua, and and a lot of times, uh, he's right there, and and yeah. we don't see him. Right. One thing about one thing about Joshua, the story of Joshua is nobody knew him until he got his first assignment. Right. So Joshua had built up quiet leadership equity. Right. That the public right. had not seen. Yeah. But Moses saw it. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so the validation of it was when Moses sent Joshua out to fight the Amalekites. Definitely. Choose out men. So when you find yeah. someone that's willing to see the gifts and talents in others. Right. You have a potential Joshua. When you find someone that says, oh, no, you don't have to be there, Dr. Heath. I got it. Right. You got a potential Joshua. And so right. you have to find those types of individuals and begin to nurture the gifts right. uh, in that type of individual and let them know, you know, it doesn't mean that this is all you have to do. Right. But right. just know how critical this work is. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So it's just encouragement for you, brother, because, uh, nah, you know, we, we have to have more Dr. Heath's out there. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I guess adding to that, I guess it would be to me like, you know, speaking of the Joshua, the one that sees when no one else sees like you see it and no one else. They were like, no. And they're like, yeah, I see it, too. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, it's it's one that's attached to your vision. But, yeah, definitely. That was a, that was a great question, Pastor. That was a great one to put out. There. Yeah, I needed that one. So that was that was a good word right there. So everybody, <laughs> yeah. that one. That was a good word right there. <laughs> oh, but yeah. Oh, I like like I said before. I appreciate you being on. Listen, this is a thousand percent better than what I was imagining because I was because normally like I I try to have conversation like prior to, and then I was like, man, I haven't talked to this brother. We haven't had <laughs> some long extensive conversation. Oh, so I'm digging in. I'm like, okay, he's a he's a, a teacher, so he knows how to to speak. And you know, like I don't, but that, but this has been better than I could ever imagine. This is not the 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 last time this gentleman will be on. We're definitely going to stay connected. Um, got some stuff coming in January. I definitely want to be a part of. And like I said, anything you got going on, as as minute as it may seem, and even in person stuff. We're in Georgia right now. Most. Most right. a lot of our listeners are in Georgia and you know all over. I got some guys in North Carolina. I'm definitely going to connect you to. Um, but whatever you got going on, if it's in person, listen, I would love to even travel just to see and be a part of what you got going on. So definitely share, and we're going to stay connected. Um, I definitely, I, I thank you for the opportunity. Um, we're coming. We're traveling. COVID has been holding me down. Right. Like I said, I'm going out like a coach. I, I'm going to these rural areas. I'm showing up. And like I said, right. college is not for everybody, but education is. So yes. I'm going out to some of these places. I'm going out to the football games like a coach. And I'm going to say, son, have you ever thought about college? You know, let me find out. I'm, I'm calling a guidance counselor, that young man that you said, like you said earlier, Joshua, they haven't gave him any leadership. He's been looked over because he's not a jock or he's not the best dressed. That's a diamond in the rough right now. And I'm going to find these diamonds. And so I'm going to shine them up so for the world to see. And so that's right. going to be my love. Awesome. That's good. That's good. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So we appreciate uh, Dr. Well, can we can we pray for this brother real quick? AD? Definitely. Uh, of course. Yes, man, I, you know, you what thing that you need uh, is, is prayer. Prayer is always in order, especially for the work that you're doing. Uh, this is this is kingdom work to me. Uh, and so we want to pray. Father God, first, I thank you 
for who you are in our life. I thank you for putting uh, gifts in the earthly realm like Dr. Heath. I thank you for the resources that you bring to bear that help him carry out the vision, Lord God. And we speak encouragement and, and strength and, and resilience uh, in his life, in his work, in his mind, in his spirit, oh God. Lord, let him remember that you're the God that put the gifts inside of him and, and all that he's doing was, was done before he was formed in his mother's womb. So the, the calling and the purpose is so much greater uh, than the individual, but I'm so glad that he availed himself uh, to do this work, Lord. So so build him up where he's torn down, oh God, and, and strengthen him where he might be weak and, and continue to bring forth those skillful, willing workers that he may continue to build uh, and carry out the purpose and the vision that you've placed in his heart. We give you glory and we give you honor and we give you praise for this man and, and his gift in Jesus name. Amen. 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 All right. Thank so you, we God. Thank you, God. Man, I'm going to drop my email uh, in the chat. Somebody yes. want to reach out to me so I just make a comment? Definitely. You can do that. I'll, um, I'll post it up too. I have it. Uh, okay. okay. We can definitely do that. And yeah, just send it out. Uh, the audience, thank you for tuning in. You could have been anywhere in the world today, but thank you for giving me this opportunity. And you brothers have a great platform and keep pushing it. AD. Yes, you walk in the calling, brother. Just keep it going. And Pastor, thank you for that prayer. That's going to keep me motivated for the day. So thank you. Absolutely. Bless you. Thank you so much. Definitely. Brother. All right. Hold on. Don't leave us. I'm going to close out okay. and then we chat for a minute unless you got to go. All right. Sure, so we, appreciate, we appreciate you guys being here. As always, thank you for hanging and rocking with us. We are the Brothers of Legacy. Make sure you share this out. Great conversations. We're taking our, our platform to another level as far as bringing folks in and having impact. In the community, they're not just talking about it, they are being about it. So I appreciate you guys. Make sure you spread this word, let everybody know about Dr. Roger Keith and a work that he is doing. Um, it may just be impacting North Carolina, but it's going to impact the world. Like you said, he's already reaching Ghana. So let's let's spread the word. Let's spread the word because we are changing our community one conversation at a time. All right. So as always, know that we love you, but God loves you more. We'll see you in the AM. Thank you for being part and We'll see you tomorrow. It's been a long, a long time I've been running. I know a change gon' change gon' I want to thank you for watching, learning, and growing with us, being a part of the change that is happening every single day. It's been a long, long time. We are creating, we are creating the, the new legacy. legacy.